Hello and welcome to a series of short podcasts titled Regulation and Reputation, Two Sides of the Same Coin. These podcasts are being released as part of Osborne Clark's 2023 Disputes Week, a series of webinars, videos and podcasts which take a pragmatic and commercial look at current disputes issues facing companies and their in-house legal teams. My name is Henry Fox and I'm a commercial disputes lawyer here at Osborne Clark with a particular focus on media and information related disputes and my work in includes advising clients on reputation and crisis related issues. In each session of this series, I'll be joined by a different guest and we'll take a look at some of the different contexts in which the worlds of regulatory disputes and reputational issues collide. And we'll discuss how clients who are caught up in regulatory matters can take steps to protect their reputations. Today, I'm joined by Katie Vickery, a partner in our regulatory disputes team here at Osborne Clark. Um, Katie also leads our product safety practice. Um, Katie, thanks for joining me. Can you give us an outline of your work? Yeah, sure, Henry. It's great to be here. Um, so I help clients who want to get products out into new markets. So I advise on all the compliance and safety requirements. And then I also advise when things go wrong. So dealing with regulators for withdrawals and, and product recalls. Uh, and Katie, clearly, whenever there's a safety issue with a popular consumer brand, uh, this has the potential to cause serious reputational issues. Um, are there any particular challenges or hot topics which you're seeing at the moment? Yeah, I mean, pr product recalls tend to be right at the, the forefront of, of reputational issues because often they will involve consumers and particularly for serious ones, there's likely to be a, a high level of um, interest, possibly from media, possibly in social media. And that might not just be in the um, immediate location, so just in the UK, that could, of course, be across the whole of Europe or, or even globally. So it can be tricky to navigate all of those kind of consumer questions that are coming in, dealing with regulators, possibly dealing with um, suppliers or dealing with um, distributors or retailers, depending on kind of where you sit in the in the chain. And then just making sure that the whole comms package is is really there and is is kind of relevant and, and useful to, to protect the client's position. So in terms of um, sort of hot topics, we often see that although there's kind of some legal issues that of course that go around from a product safety perspective there will also be a, a strong communication strategy that will sit alongside what we're doing and that needs to be consistent and I think it needs to be genuine and as authentic as possible when you're communicating I think we've seen examples in the past of clients who've either given a very sort of blanket no comment type of um, response or perhaps have given a very anodyne uh, comment out on social media and that that won't, you know, that won't wear for a long period of time. Customers now expect to be communicated with regularly. So sometimes the reputational issue will lead over actually the legal issue. So it might be that even though legally the client has done totally the right thing from a, a reputation perspective, um, it's more important that you get out there and, and put uh, the right messaging forward and you're seen to be doing the right thing by consumers and then by regulators as well. And can that become an issue where um, a regulator um, issues some sort of notice or, 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 or warning where your client feels actually it's in a safe position legally, but actually it's concerned by the reputational consequences of, of challenging the regulator? Yes. Yeah, so, for example, 
uh, it might be that um, a regulator may wish to commence some enforcement action um, against a, a company over a very sensitive issue. So, you know, it could be, um, say, a, a, a toy, for example, so a product that, you know, um, automatically, you know, there's sensitivities in terms of the users, the vulnerability of the users um, for that product. And so legally, you may wish to challenge some of the understanding or the basis with which the regulator wants to commence the enforcement action but you've got to balance that against the sensitivities and perhaps the perception that might be out there that actually um, you as a company are appealing against uh, you know a notice in relation to a product which you you absolutely you know absolutely should not be on the market so that can be a very difficult um, point to navigate uh, and of course you know once you get regulators involved or once matters are actually going to court it's all out in the open so it's quite hard to manage that communication appropriately and just staying on the subject of regulators what what, what sort of um, additional um, issues are thrown up from a reputational perspective when you've got a regulator involved well most regulators now will certainly use the media as part of their um, enforcement regime so it's quite typical for a regulator to publish the fact that uh, a company is under investigation for example that's not every regulator but a lot of regulators do that um, and certainly they then might publish at certain stages in the investigation as well. And then ultimately, of course, when there's a conclusion, you'll find there will be a, a press release that will be issued. So um, they, there's really a, you know, a move to use um, both social media and print media as a means for them to get their message across. Because let's not forget the whole point of what regulators are doing and why they enforce. A big part of that is the deterrent effect. So they want to get their message out. They want people, other people to hear about the case so that they all to their behaviour as well. Um, and regulators have become far more sophisticated, you know, over the last few years and how they do that. And and with social media, obviously, that it's been a, a, a game changer from a, a, a reputational protection perspective in many areas. But with consumer brands, where there's such a, a heavy emphasis on social media, um, what sort of problems are caused by clients in the sort of situations you deal with, um, with um, product safety issues, product recalls, um, and so on. Yeah, I, I think it sometimes surprises clients the level of sophistication that they need to have in terms of dealing with social media and also the amount of resource that it's going to take. So, you know, if you've got a, a product that, particularly something that's, you know, gone out to, to many thousands of consumers, you know, you're likely to need a team of people who are going to be dealing um, you know, on an hour by hour basis with comments that are being posted, questions that are being raised, um, direct messages that might be coming through to you. So you'll need a team of people who are going to be skilled in, in being able to answer those and respond to them in, in the kind of the authentic way that I was suggesting. And so for those people to go into actually, actually be able to do that, you really need to have thought through what the, the kind of answers to the questions are. So it's quite typical that we will prepare a sort of Q&A sheet to support clients in this situation. So we try and think through all the possible types of questions that they may get asked or the types of comments, and we start to draft up the answers um, that, that could be given. And obviously then people need to, to kind of Put those out there and then start to tweak them but that then needs to be refreshed as well it's not about sticking with that script it's about making sure that as the, the recall or, or or the product issue is developing you're then um, updating your communications at the same time but it, it is it, it's such a key part now of dealing with 
nearly every product recall that you know you want to ensure that you've got a plan and it's embedded within your um your product recall policy so you've got a means by which you actually can you know flick a switch and have a team of people who are going to be dedicated and who are going to be able to to do that and respond quickly and and, uh, and adequately to to consumers yeah, absolutely. It's it's so important. And I think with my media law hat on, um, you know, very often now you get reporters from the mainstream media scouring social media, perhaps because of um, you know, reduced budgets and so on, um, looking for stories. So I think there's a there's a, a couple of points there. One is that where clients become aware of of, of false information on social media, then uh, they should be ready to engage with the media uh, in, anticipation, in, in anticipation that they'll pick up the story and and and, and present the correct uh, position. Perhaps for more fundamentally, and I think the, the point which um, I think this ties in with what you were saying is that where uh, there's a need or opportunity to engage with consumers on social media um, because of a complaint or whatever, the response should be thought through and seen as a chance to actually head off any reputational uh, issues before they arise. And if you want to avoid you know, a consumer complaint becoming a story in the mail online, then perhaps dealing with the complaint appropriately in the first place is the, is the best place to start. Is that I, your experience in practice? I, I totally agree. I mean, I think regular communications are absolutely critical so you get different types of communication so you'd obviously have the stuff that's going on in social media you know and sometimes they will just be you know uh, sort of people throwing in comments and you know that might they might sort of snowball a little bit but you tend to have maybe you'll have one or two protagonists that are really kind of driving that story forward and then you're also having to deal with specific customer complaints because if there's been a product recall not always but usually there's been some sort of um, injury or accident or incident associated with the product so you're normally having to deal with at least one and possibly more people who have got a particular complaint and have, have suffered some sort of injury as a result of the product and what's really important there is is having those very very regular communications leaving people you know for days on end where you're not actually responding or you're responding in a very kind of wishy-washy way really annoys people and you know they will instantly kind of that's what that's what escalates the situation they're far more likely then to to go and make more of an issue of it however if you keep up the regular communication even if it's just to say I'm on this just so you know I'm still investigating or we're still discussing this or we've got to get some test reports before we can come back to you on this just to keep people informed I think is really critical I think it's also worth thinking about um, and this is not right for every recall but just thinking about who is the team that's responding so I talked earlier about sometimes you you're absolutely going to have a collection of people who are going to be sort of firing out um, responses um, perhaps on social media but there are occasions and particularly with individual consumers who maybe have suffered an injury where actually you're bringing in somebody else within the organization you're bringing in somebody more senior and we had that um sort of a, a few years ago with a, a client where um it it was it it was a one-off, but there was a bit of an issue around the product. And in that um, situation, the CEO got personally involved, communicated directly with the customer, actually went to the customer's house to go and talk to them about, about the issue. And just to really demonstrate that the company really did care and really were taking this seriously. Um, and that, I think, was a, you know, a good example of how that situation and that particular customer 
really kind of felt that the business had had bought in to try and correct this issue and you know they were very engaged with working with the with the company to try and and fix the problem basically really interesting katie I'm, I'm, we could talk about this all day but unfortunately um we're coming to to the end of this session um finally do you have any top tips for clients who who might find themselves in these sorts of situations and who may be concerned about reputation issues um perhaps things you've seen work in practice yeah so i i think first off always have a plan you know even though it's a crisis situation you can do a great degree of, of planning before you before a situation arises so thinking that through making sure you've got the right team involved you know it's not just about the lawyers both internal and external it is about very much pulling in those those comms teams um, making sure you've got internal comms as well as external comms involved because don't forget sometimes it's about talking to the people within your business as well so they understand what's going on as well as what your external comm strategy uh, is going to be as well and then to try and be you know as quick and as responsive as you can be in those communications and to try and and give you know help, helpful information as far as you can and if you can't give helpful information just just say look, look I'm sorry we you know we're, we're just going to need a bit more time before we're able to to give you a substantive response on this and I, I think people very quickly see how genuine your response is and are you know more likely to to kind of you know, give you some credibility as a company if you do that. Um, I think finally, it's just recognising that no matter how right you might be in law, sometimes the reputational points are going to be more important and you need to drive this by the impact on your brand um, rather than, than on whether you are legally right or not. Absolutely. Katie, it's been great to get your insights on, on, these, uh, on these points. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Henry.